Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Oh, that's not what I wanted to play. It is the Rob Carson Show. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, it is the Rob Carson. This is what I wanted to play. So, admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. Mitch McConnell is not a good or decent human being. Mitch McConnell does not have your best interests at heart. Mitch McConnell is nothing more than a swamp-dwelling turtle. And you should contact Congress today, and you should say no to the omnibus spending bill. That's what you should do. You should say no. Because right now, what they're doing, what, the, what, the, what they're trying to do right now, um, is to uh, rule against the will of the American people, which they've been doing forever. They want to continue the same old, same old. Here's a number. It's 202-224-3121. 202-224-3121. That's the, uh, that's the switchboard at the Capitol. Call politely and uh, get a hold of your senator and say, uh, don't pass this because I've got to cut. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I've had to suffer through. Maybe you maybe lost your business. Maybe you had your restaurant shut down. Maybe you had your health club shut down. Maybe your kid has been out of school for, went out of school for two years and is suffering dramatically. And yet Washington, D.C. just acts like a same old, same old, same old stuff. Same old stuff. Unbelievable. Former President Donald Trump in a poll Versus Ron DeSantis. Now, Newsmax is doing a poll. I mentioned this earlier. And if you want to text EVENT to 39747, do that, okay? And you can vote that way if you haven't. You see other polls, and I've got a couple polls I'm going to share with you in a second here. Before I get into the uh, the FBI stuff, because there's a bunch of stuff there. And nobody has done more work on it than, well, me. And you know, I've done a lot of work on it. Let me just put it that way. So anyway, so anyway uh, just text EVENT to 39747. Let your voices be heard. Tune into Newsmax, of course. And uh, check out my weekend show, of course, tonight. You'll see the usual lineup, including the great Rob Schmidt, Greg uh, Kelly. Uh, text event to 39747 and vote in the Newsmax poll whether should uh, Trump should uh, should be the candidate. I uh, personally, you know, doesn't even matter what I think, but right now Donald Trump's the only candidate, and Donald Trump proved that he could be a very good president, and Donald Trump has a lot to be uh, uh, to do yet in Washington, D.C., and this whole, uh, I don't know, Twitter investigation shows that Donald Trump most likely should be in the White House right now. I know I shouldn't say that because, you know, you're supposed to move on, even though there's now evidence showing that the uh, FBI was working hand and foot to keep him out of office in 2016 and 2020, hmm. including a whole lot of electioneering. McLaughlin Associates uh, sampled 480 GOP primary voters from December 9th through the 14th. Finding that, are you ready for this? What? 48% support Donald Trump. Huh? 
He holds a 15-point advantage over his closest potential uh, competitor, Ron DeSantis, whom 23% of respondents support. Then comes uh, Mike Pence in third place. He'll never be the president. And if he becomes the candidate, Trump supporters won't vote for him. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just kind of. I'm just going to tell you. That's the way we are right now. We're not going to vote because you know what you know, like Mitt Romney. Ain't gonna happen again. We're not going back to Mitt Romney. We're not going back to Mike Pence. Ain't gonna happen. Liz Cheney. <laughs> I laugh at you. She'd be maybe maybe a VP on a Democrat ticket. So anyway, uh, Mike Pence third place five percent, and then Liz Cheney at four percent. Like really. Like, how many Cheneys are there, I guess? You know, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, you go all the way down to 3% with uh, you, you, Nikki Haley. Really? I, I think we're kind of over Nikki Haley, right? I mean, can we move on to Christy Nome? Carrie Lake, can we, can we move on to some other women who are, like, really awesome and powerful other than Nikki Haley, who was a United Nations ambassador? I mean, it's really great and everything, but honestly, they kind of moved on. Mitt Romney at about 1%. <laughs> He's never going to be the president. Never going to be the president. Uh, but there you go. Uh, we're supposed to be leaving Donald Trump in the rearview mirror, by the way. Everything that has happened, by the way, everything that has happened, in, including the last seven years, has been to defeat Donald Trump, including the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which we now know was nothing more than a blank search warrant, uh, unwarranted at all, uh, and has found nothing. There were all sorts of promises. He stole nuclear secrets. It was a lie. And then you got this January 6th committee, which is referring charges that are completely worthless. And now they're going to unleash his, uh, his tax returns, even though New York is uh, literally every year. I don't know, for like the last 40 years, has uh, literally um, had him audited, and it's always nothing. So we'll get to that here very shortly. But uh, people are still going to vote for Donald Trump. It's kind of weird, right? Not ready to move on to DeSantis Claus. Oh, here comes DeSantis Claus. Here comes DeSantis Claus. He's the next big thing. Nothing against Ron. He's great. The media pretends to like him. His praises, they all say. 2028. It makes me sick because it's a trick to get Trump out. Out of the way. This is Jim Gossett. If he beats Don, they'll turn on Ron. They'll support DeSantis no way. Of course. Oh, here comes DeSantis Claus. Here comes DeSantis Claus. He's got lots of fans. Our rhinos act like they support him, but they've got other plans. Oh, yeah. They'll try to use him, then abuse him. The goal is ruining Trump. Of course. They prefer a wimp like Pence and a Santa's clothes they will don. <laughs> we better stick with Trump. See, there's a thing called loyalty, right? There's a thing called loyalty. There's a uh, there's a thing called uh, Donald Trump did what we asked him to do. I know I'm sounding like a Donald Trump sycophant here. But no, you know, uh, listen, um, I think most of us who support him... Um, you know, there were there was a rally of 25,000 people the week before the midterms. That fire is still there, hasn't been put out. They keep trying to put it out, it ain't working. It's not working. And the reason being is we've had 50 years of posers in Washington, D.C., and they've never done anything. They uh, kept promising they were going to get rid of O.V. Wade and all that. The only man who said he was going to do it that got it done was Donald Trump. The only president who actually made Jerusalem, recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, is uh, who the left call a gigantic anti-Semite. <laughs> Donald Trump. Abraham Accords should have gotten him a Nobel Peace Prize. Donald Trump. What has Ron DeSantis done? Well, until about a month ago, he was a freshman governor. And while I think that he could step into the role as the nation's chief administrator, 
I, I'm, I'm saying Donald Trump right now. That's what I'm saying. I saw this this morning. I, I was looking on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, which is normally a joke, but this is a kind of, I guess, non-political. Uh, propaganda in the Soviet Union was a practice of state-directed communication to promote class conflict and internationalism. Well, that's kind of what's going on here, right? I mean, we were going to do this. Everybody's looking at this new world order kind of thing. And they're also doing the class conflict, the race conflict, the religion conflict, all of that separating us on all sorts of ways, the sex conflict, the uh, gender identity conflict. You know, you see what I mean here? The main Soviet censorship body was called Glavlet, was employed not only to eliminate any undesirable printed materials, but also to ensure that the uh, correct ideological spin was put on every published item. Kind of like what? The FBI did with Twitter and Facebook, and it looks like maybe Instagram and YouTube and the mainstream media. I told you, disinformatia. Disinformatia, they literally took it from the history books because they know that our universities aren't teaching history anymore. Under Stalinism, deviation from the dictates of official propaganda was punished by execution and labor camps. After you got out of the labor camp, they had punitive measures like uh, punitive psychiatry, you need to be re-educated. Prison, January the 6th. Denial of work. Man, there's a whole lot of that, isn't there? A whole lot of denial of, at work. Conservative voices are censored. How many conservative, I mean, A-list conservative actors are there in Hollywood? Chances are, if you are at work, and you are a conservative, unless you live in a very, very Republican area like I do, you don't say a thing about your politics. If you live in a place like Washington, D.C., you don't dare put a Trump bumper sticker on your car unless you want it keyed or your tires slit. That's what we are going through. Denial of work. I told you, we are going through what I consider to be a uh, conservative apartheid. It is a conservative apartheid, and it's been going on for a very long time. About a month before the Hunter Biden laptop story, high-ranking social media representatives and journalists participated in a training exercise to prepare for a possible data leak about the Bidens. That's interesting, because you see, the FBI knew about the Biden Hunter Biden laptop since 2019. They knew it was all legit, and it would throw the election. And even 21% of Democrats said that would have changed the how they vote, and they voted for Joe Biden. So anyway, they, this is according to the Daily Caller and journalist uh, Michael Schellenberger, who's, uh, who's been working with uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, organized by the Aspen Institute, which is a left-wing think tank that took in $160 million in 2019. Media outlets, social media companies took part in the tabletop exercise referring to a hack-and-dump operation that was titled the Burisma Leak. Yeah, Burisma, that's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Relating to Hunter Biden, the goal is to shape how the media covered it and how social media carried it. According to Michael Schellenberger, the exercise detailed potential daily news breaks such as leak posted by hypothetical website called Biden Crimes Info. So they're literally telling, oh, they would never commit a crime. But these people who are pushing government disinformation and misinformation, they might. So, you know, there could be a website called Biden Crime Info. 
On day four of the hypothetical story, President Trump at the podium pumps his fist as the crowd chants, lock him up. On day five, the hypothetical statement from the National uh, Director of National Intelligence states that no reason to believe the story is a forgery or Russian disinformation with Biden dismissing the story on day seven as dirty tricks by Vladimir Putin. This is part of the exercise. Other hypotheticals are eerily close to actual events, such as two former senior intelligence officials disagreeing with the intelligence director's statement. The exercise carries all the way to the top and through the second presidential debate. Attending the exercise... And leading the way was Vivian Schiller. Who is Vivian Schiller? The former CEO of NPR. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, and then she became the head of news at Twitter. She was joined by Yoel Roth, who was fired as the head of uh, site integrity, the head of the security policy at Facebook, Meta, national security reporters for the New York Times, Washington Post, and even the now-defunct Soros-backed First Draft News. That's what happened. They all got together because uh, they wanted to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story and uh, throw the election. Now, I want to mention this here real quick because a lot of people haven't said this. But after Hillary Clinton won, or or lost, I should say, in 2016, remember that? And everybody thought she was going to win. The FBI thought she was going to win. They even created up a, a Russia collusion hoax, and, and, uh, and they went to a FISA court, and they, they surveilled the Trump campaign transition team and presidency. But after that election was lost, they created a national election command post, and they were going to control the narrative on the 2020. It's kind of funny, right? No, not really. Not really. Yeah, they did a whole bunch of this stuff. They had they had two actual organizations. One of them was the National Election uh, Command Post. I'm trying to find the other one. I had another one here. I'll get to it in a second. But there were uh, a Twitter's partner support portal used by elites to uh, eliminate any info challenging the Fauci-approved COVID narrative, among other things. Yeah, and they had 80 agents. Twitter had 80 agents on the payroll from the FBI. And your tax dollars paid for it to the tune of over $3 million. And 115 worked at Facebook. Unreal. I've got more. Here's your uh, here's the number. And Mick, you hold on. You'll be next. 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Time to put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's The Rob Carson Show. We got somebody from West Virginia calling. It's uh, it's Mick. Hi, Mick. How you doing? Uh, Merry Christmas, my friend. What's going on? Well, have blessed Christmas or blessed Christmas. Okay, I've got two things. Yes, Number sir. one, um, the Republicans need to tell you know the Senate. Look, there's no use passing this bill. Okay, this this omnibus thing. Uh, AOC said we're going to be dead in six years, anyways. You know, might as well just buy everybody for twelve year old guy. Okay. That's right. Second, second thing, a more serious note. McCarthy or whoever has the um, guts to be the spokesman for the Republican Party needs to get on camera, needs to address the Senate and the House and say, you want to take away our power of the purse? Then this is what we are going to do. When we get sworn in, nothing is going to get passed. It's going to be entirely investigations. We're going to tire how much the big guy got. We're going to you know, investigate Fauci's interest. We're going to investigate how much his guys got paid. You know, we're going to investigate Jill for practicing medicine without a license. Yeah. You know, we're going to investigate 
booty giggles for his parking tickets. Everything is going to be an investigation. Yeah. Well, and, and, Kevin and, McCarthy. And, and, Kevin McCarthy has already threatened to block bills from Republican senators. Axos this morning is saying GOP senators brush off quote silly McCarthy budget threat. Which is what I kind of figured. That's what I kind of figured that that's what would happen. So it's whether or not McCarthy thought it would actually work or he's just trying to get ahead of it because he he wants to be the Speaker of the House. So who the hell knows? That's that's all lip service, okay? I know. You've got to threaten them. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, but you've got to threaten them. You know, there's going to be investigations. And you know what? We're going to go on primetime, too, except our stuff is going to have something behind it, you know? Our investigations are going to be investigating, you know, true corruption, not, you know, Uncle Benny getting up there or talking about, oh, back when I was a kid in Mississippi. Well, you know, know, Mick, I I do believe the American people want to hold Congress accountable. It's whether or not Congress is going to listen to them. And and who the hell knows about Kevin McCarthy? One minute you hear one thing, one minute you hear the other. I know that people would throw their support behind somebody they could trust, like maybe Steve Scalise, like like maybe, uh, well, Ron Johnson, you know, somebody like that. But, you know, uh, this Mm -hmm. is what we have to deal with. Even even Donald Trump has kind of said, ah, you know, give it to McCarthy, give him a shot. So, hell, I don't even know, Mick. And I got to tell you, you know, as much as we caterwaul and yell and everything about this uh, omnibus spending bill that, that, you know, most Americans are against. I, I, I just have a bad feeling they ain't going to listen to us. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm really disappointed to see that. I know, I am too, man. I'm sick and damn tired of it. Manchin, you know, yeah. voted for it in, in West Virginia. You know, it's inexcusable. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about this. Uh, you, you live in West Virginia. Does, yeah. does Joe Manchin have anybody fooled? Um, you know what? I was... I, I spend a lot of time on, on, you know, the forums on MSN, you know, I'm kind of like a, you know, posting and stuff like that. And I was, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, but I vote Republican. And I, I was such a, you know, the way he stood up for a while, I was such a fan and such a supporter of Manchin. I mean, I didn't vote for him for, for, for governor or anything like that, but, you know, I really supported him. And when he folded like a like a card table, I said, "That's it, that's it." You know, I think there's a guy called uh, either Mooney or Trump that's going to be running against him. You know, uh, it's time for me to vote straight ticket again, and it's, it's going to be Republican. You know, I'm, yeah, Mick, I, I understand, and I got to tell you, I'm I'm uh, the thing about him is that you know a lot of people think he's some sort of a, a blue dog Democrat. He really isn't. Um, uh, he he voted for Obamacare. He was down with that. He uh, said that he was going to go against uh, Joe Biden's new Green Deal, and he just basically kicked that down, kicked that count down the road. He paid off his cronies and ultimately voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, which was essentially the new Green Deal, slightly pared down a little bit. So he is a he is a not a blue dog Democrat. I'd venture to say maybe he's a blue ball Democrat. Maybe there's well, a maybe there's a category for that. <laughs> what? Here's another thing about about Mansion. Okay. Uh, EpiPens. You've heard of those? Yes, real quick. And, all right. The, the price of those have skyrocketed. His his daughter is the CEO of that company. Of the EpiPen company. Yeah, yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. They were going to put his wife in charge of $1 billion uh, in the state for the, uh, the department that she works for and all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't trust the guy, not one little bit. Um, all right, so more on what's going on with regard to uh, the FBI and Twitter. And uh, two organizations that were actually created by the FBI to change the election in 2020. That's coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere, guys. 
Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. They impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of the things that the Twitter files has unveiled, I mean officially, it's uh, codified it, for lack of a better term, is that the government lies to you about everything Everything. Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia now dramatically revising federal government estimates from the U.S. uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Earlier this year, from March to June, remember when Joe Biden had a uh, praise uh, praise Jesus pass the mashed potatoes moment, said that the the, uh, Biden administration has added a million jobs, a million jobs. The BLS is a department of the uh, uh, division of the Department of Treasury estimated net job growth at one million forty seven thousand. In the second quarter. Pretty cool, right? And I, and I think I said, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. It means that more people are getting a second and third job. I was right about that, by the way. Turns out <laughs> job growth was flat. 10,500 jobs added. What else are they lying to us about, guys? Because they're changing policy. Uh, they're, they're raising interest rates because, you know, the job market is so high. They are. They're raising interest rates. They've raised interest rates a couple points. Now your uh, your mortgage that was maybe seventeen hundred dollars is twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, wrong by a million jobs is outrageous, according to Senator Rick Scott. That's what he tweeted. He said that Joe Biden's uh, administration has been lying to the American people about our economy to prop up his failed agenda, and I won't stand for it. I'm requesting an immediate meeting with the head of the BLS. We need answers now. President Biden uh, cooked the books like this on the jobs report <clears throat> in the home stretch of the midterm elections, according to Lee Zeldin. Kind of weird. I kind of like what they did with everything before uh, the midterm elections and uh, the 2020 election. Since July, the White House has claimed that dur- during the second quarter of uh, fiscal year 2022, the economy generated $375,000 uh, new jobs a month, record setting job creation. But Enter 2022, and economic growth in the first two quarters under the Biden administration is in the negatives, showing a staggering decrease from the year prior, according to uh, to a roll call. And, and Corinne Jean-Pierre, she said, we have created nearly 10 million jobs since President Biden took office, which is the fastest growth in history. No, no, that was a lie. But, but she kind of has a habit of, uh, of lying, doesn't she? Yeah, here she is actually uh, telling us that the border is not open, by the way. It would be wrong to think that the border is open. It is not open. And I just want to be very, very clear about that. Yeah, yeah. every time that they're very clear on something, it means that they are very, very opaque. And they're lying to you about everything. Because this is what an MSNBC reporter said this morning. We were even able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing. And migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's the way it is. And the FBI, after 2016, I had mentioned this, they created this uh, uh, National Election Command Post. Yeah. 
And uh, they censored, for instance, right side broadcasting two days before the 2022 midterms, among other things. Matt Taibbi says that uh, Twitter is an FBI subsidiary. Federal uh, intelligence and law enforcement uh, uh, reach into Twitter included the DHS, which partnered with security contractors, thanks tanks to pressure Twitter to moderate content. They also created a, a special media-focused task force known as the FTIF. Yeah, on top of that, that uh, election group, they did created in the wake of the 2016 election. Eighty agents and cor- and corresponded with uh, Twitter to. Uh, Identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. They had 80 agents working in Twitter, in Twitter, in Twitter, employed by Twitter, paid by you and me. That's how bad it got. I mean, this is really ridiculous. And, and the mainstream media is saying this is all nonsense. Where is it? Hold on. This is, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Yeah. Washington Post is slamming Elon Musk as a vindictive hypocrite. As it declares, the FBI files are a nothing burger. Okay. That's, can we move on? from that expression how about a nothing grilled cheese sandwich maybe yeah in an article published on friday uh, reporter will oramus slammed must for getting uh, barry vice uh, matt taibbi and michael schellenberger to release the documents while suspending accounts he disagreed with no he just dis- he just suspended people who doxed him that's what he did but uh, everybody is in here. They're saying nothing to see here, nothing to see here, move on. But uh, that's not the case because Twitter colluded with the Pentagon. This is uh, Twitter Files 8, by the way. Twitter colluded with Pentagon to run a network of fake accounts around the world, including AI-created deep fakes, despite publicly claiming to delete government-backed propaganda. What did I say earlier? This is just like the uh, Soviet censorship body, Glavlit. And I said yesterday on social media, <laughs> the FBI was was Pravda, but worse. And, and it was. It was beyond just Pravda. Pravda is just a state-run news agency. This is the government being involved with big social media to direct the narrative using a massive company with massive reach to spread legit propaganda for the government and pay for it which is illegal. Here is Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's known for lying, including saying just two days ago that the border was closed, which clearly was a lie, but here she is talking about FBI collusion. Um, the latest Twitter files show that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI... Of course not, because we were behind it was involved in suppressing a legitimate news story. Yeah, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here. That is what they call uh, passing the buck, passing the buck. Twitter worked with the Pentagon to promote a series of fake accounts claiming to be people based in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. The revolution, the revelation comes in the latest all of the Twitter files, uh, this time being published by Lee Fang, a San Francisco-based reporter. Twitter quietly aided the Pentagon's covert online PSYOP campaign. In a time frame spanning at least the years 2017 to 2020, the work was done to bolster 52 accounts tweeting in Arabic, which promoted U.S. policies in the Middle East. 
Twitter worked with Pentagon to promote fake accounts in the Middle East, which praised U.S. Policy, uh, a policy. It has emerged despite the social media company insisting that it made concerted efforts to detect and thwart government-backed platform manipulation. The collusion spanned at least four years from 2017 to 2020 and saw top Twitter executives liaise with military intelligence on a covert online PSYOP campaign, promoting accounts including one that claimed that the U.S. drone bombings in Yemen killed only terrorists. Yeah, that's what they did. They covered up civilian deaths. This is, I mean, this is like Tom Clancy kind of stuff. This is, this is pure evil. Wow. Wow. Fang pointed to email showing the cooperation with the Pentagon began at least five years ago. An official from the U.S. Command Control CENTCOM wrote to Twitter executives in July of 2017. Nathaniel Kaler asked the executive on the public policy team to approve the verification of one account and whitelist a list of Arab language accounts we use to amplify certain messages. That's propaganda. Kaler added that he was happy to promote more paperwork for, from his office, or SOCOM, the acronym for the United Special Operations Command. Among the accounts singled out professional, for preferential treatment was a since-deleted Yemen, Yemen current, which claimed the U.S. drone strikes were accurate and killed only terrorists, not those little children. Yeah. This is our, uh, this is our country. This is what we have become. The FBI paid Twitter $3.5 million of your tax money to do its bidding. Taxpayer money was used for processing requests from the Bureau amid Hunter Biden's censorship scandal as anger grows over secret state censorship of the American people. Emails show that Twitter's deputy counsel, Jim Baker, who used to work for the FBI and actually created the Russia collusion hoax in 2016 to throw the election toward Hillary Clinton. But how'd that work out? He met with feds for the top secret meeting a day before he said Hunter Biden's laptop should be banned. In response to the latest uh, Twitter files dump, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said this is going to be much bigger situation than people realize. And it is. This is a uh, former uh, former assistant director of the FBI, Terry Turchik, about uh, uh, the FBI, what they did with big social media and how it mirrored, I mean it mirrored, in fact they took the playbook from communism. The FBI is the agency of the U.S. government that stood between Twitter, a private company out in Silicon Valley, and essentially the White House and the rest of the government, the people in power. What did Twitter have? Twitter had a platform to get information out to the American public. By the way, a Twitter employee wrote in February 2020 that the company's safety, content, and law enforcement, the organization, the, the uh, group of people in the company that Elon Musk just eliminated, collected $3,400,000 in less than two years from the FBI for, quote, law enforcement-related projects. They paid for propaganda to Twitter so they would employ. 80 former FBI agents. And in this particular instance, they were going to, or could have, gotten information out on the Hunter Biden laptop. Who knows how history might have been changed had that happened. But on the other side of the FBI was the White House and people in power who didn't want that information out. And the FBI has long had, for decades in fact, relationships with Silicon Valley companies. That's part of what it does. It looks for hostile intelligence service activity in uh, areas of high tech like the Silicon Valley. But in this instance, the FBI wasn't looking for hostile intelligence actors. Really? The FBI was literally funding 
what we used to call in counterintelligence what? an active measures campaign. This is taking a page right out of the communist playbook. What? You mean like disinformatia and a disinformation bureau created by the DHS? And that is what they're doing. That is what they did. That is what they've covered up. It yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, by the way, Elon Musk said of these new emails, government paid Twitter millions of dollars to censor the public. Michael Schellenberger retreated a quote from Ohio GOP Congressman Jim Jordan. I have concerns about whether the government was running a misinformation operation on we the people. And I think we could say without a doubt they were. But, you know, it even extended. Remember that big old letter that the 50 uh, uh, intelligence agents signed that said Hunter Biden's laptop was deaf, definitely misinformation, Russian misinformation and disinformation. And we now know the FBI knew it was legit from 2019. Here's what Terry Turchik had to say about that. And let me tell you and, the, and the, the American public who else knew. The special agent in charge of the FBI San Francisco knew. He had to be in the loop, or she. The uh, unit chief back at FBI headquarters, the section chief. So you're saying that there's a chain of command and, uh, and all these people actually knew about it and played along, which would say that uh, corruption runs uh, deep and very long. That's kind of weird. Anyway, in the FBI. If at FBI headquarters, supervisors of squads, including the Palo Alto RA out in the Silicon Valley, they all knew what the FBI was doing. Huh. Just like the 51 signatories to the letter oh, about yeah. the Hunter Biden letter. Oh, yeah, there are those people. Taught being disinformation. All of them knew exactly what they were signing on to. All of these people yeah. need to be hauled before Congress mm -hmm. in a public session, yes. and they need to be asked questions. If they won't do that, you can haul them before you, and let's, let's have you ask them the key questions. All we need to know about those 51 signatories is simple. Who, who called you? Who told <laughs> you to sign this letter? For the FBI, it's even simpler. Look, we know what you're doing out here. We know that Silicon Valley companies don't even want you around that much. But in this case, they took your money and they, they did whatever you asked. It's because they had a, uh, an arrogance and a humorous, hubris about them. And uh, they didn't see Elon Musk purchasing the company and they thought they could get away with it. That's really what it's all about. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Proud to serve as the iceberg to the SS Titanic every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Michael Bublé. With the kids jingle belling and, and everyone, everyone telling you, be of good, good cheer. cheer. Yeah, I oh, sing a little. I do. I do. I enjoy singing. Much to the chagrin of my children. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're having a, a great Christmas uh, season and Hanukkah season. Today uh, is the 21st. We got uh, what? Today is uh, four calling birds, which nobody wants. Uh, nobody wants four calling birds. Let's go to uh, Don in Salinas, California. Or no, Salinas. Salinas. Hello, Don. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Hi, Rob. Yeah, I, I hope you play uh, this song by George Strait for Christ sake it's christmas it is a killer christmas song <laughs> okay it's, me... not a, it's actually not funny it's 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 a serious song and now what i wanted to call about was this the senate republicans can bring this omni budget to a stud horse stop and kick it into next year you need 
51 senators to form a quorum. There are not 51 Democrats. If the Republicans stay out of the Senate floor, they cannot form a quorum to do business. And if the Senate Republicans catalog, itemize, and disseminate to the public all of the corrupt, ideological crap that's in this omnibudget and say this is why we're not even showing up, they will, in effect, kill this corrupt thing. And it will die a, it will die a quick death, and they'll have to go back to the drawing board. But uh, what's his name, uh, Yertle the Turtle? He yeah. doesn't have the guts to do it. Of course not. Corrupt as the Democrats. I mean, this guy's a slime ball. Just I know. It, it's get along stuff. Yeah. It's uh, it's not having any balls is what it is. I'll just be honest with yeah. you. It's, it's just not having any balls. Yeah, honestly, the only people in this country in this government these days who really have balls are mostly the women. Honestly, yeah. you know, mostly the women. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a shame. I think it's a shame. Uh, and and Don, you know, I wish that what you uh, said would happen. But honestly, we don't know what the heck to believe anymore, do we? No, we don't. We optimistic? Don't. Are you optimistic? Don, if they had about 5 million people call Capitol today and say, don't vote, do you suppose that Mitch McConnell would reverse course and say, only got to do a temporary spending bill and forget the omnibus? No. He's ready to, that, that McConnell's always doing a slime ball deal. And my father told me a long time ago that the, what he hated about Republicans was they will snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory yeah. every time. I know, buddy, and it's been that way forever, hasn't it? I've been writing about this forever. I've been writing about this. I started writing for Limbaugh, you know, 1989. I've been writing about this forever, and guess what? Things have never gotten better, Don. It's just ridiculous. Thanks for the phone call. Here's a number of the Capitol switchboard if you'd like to chime in and say don't support this. 202-224-3121. I think we need another Christmas song. What do you think? I think we need another. Uh, I think we need another Christmas song because you know what? Uh, Christmas. I'm going to be off tomorrow. After tomorrow, I'm going to be uh, off for uh, the week after Christmas before New Year. So here's a new one from Jim Gossett about our president, whose brain doesn't work very well. Enjoy. Well, our president is forgetful. What? His time in office quite regretful. Really, man? How he got there, we'll never know. Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe. FBI. When he speaks, he mostly rambles. Nice. His sentences, he often scrambles. <laughs> this guy has got to go. Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe. When he's finally gone for good, I'll be happy because I'm not a fan. He'd destroy us if he could. He's trying to. That is a Democrat plan. Biden's policies are frightful. Against Americans, they are spiteful. That's why his approval's so low. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Yeah. Uh huh. If you'd like to hear uh, these. Parodies. If you'd like to hear the opinions on the show and the great guests on the show, you can check out the podcast. We've divided it into two one-hour segments every day, and you can uh, so, you know you can use it when you're working out or you're going to be blowing off your driveway if you live in the middle uh, the Midwest like I do. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com/slash/podcast for all the digital platforms. And if you would 
su- subscribe and share it with others because we want to get to a million downloads a month and then beyond. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, would be the last hour of The Rob Carson Show for this 21st day of December 2021. So uh, we're doing this poll with Newsmax about uh, who you'd like to see be the presidential candidate. And obviously the only two uh, real candidates right now are uh, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. And if you would like to vote for either of them, you can do so by just going to the uh, Newsmax poll. Just text it. Uh, text the word event, E-V-E-N-T, to 39747, 39747. And uh, by the way, make a switch to Newsmax. Okay, you will not look back. I, uh, I watch Newsmax every night. I like my Rob Schmidt. Rob Schmidt is a spectacular. Chris Salcedo, uh, Jen Pellegrino, all of those guys. Uh, they're all art. They're all are. Hmm, there are alternatives to uh, conservative media. I know you all think it's just one, but no, 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 no. Newsmax. You got to check out Newsmax. And our, and our the growth has been pretty amazing. So if you check it out, that would be huge. Event uh, three nine seven forty seven. I want to do a quick special request for you, if you don't mind. My mother. This is the second year uh, we will be without my glorious mother for Christmas. And um, my family uh, getting together, and we have a, a very special Christmas because someone else in our uh, lives is is going to be uh, celebrating their last Christmas this year. So in the face of that, you know, you, you, you're confronted with uh, grieving or celebrating. We're choosing to celebrate. <clears throat> choosing to celebrate and enjoy every second, enjoy every second of it. I have my kids living at home right now. My son graduated, you know, two years. He was basically remote learning and whatnot at college. He got a great degree. He's got a great job. He's staying with us until the spring. He's going to get an apartment. I'm glad. I really, I love it. I love it. You know, like, he's 23 years old. You can move him up, man. He's living in your basement. No, you know what? He's saving his money. And I love it. I, 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 I told him the other day, I said, make no bones about it. I love having you here, but I want you to get the hell out of here. And it's not because I want him out. I just want him to live outside of this house. Because I remember how much it was when I was a kid. I was like, when I was out of, I got out of college, I, I did not want to be at home anymore. Nothing against my mom and dad. I just, you know, and that's what I want him to do. But I'm enjoying it. Every night I, I hear my kids like downstairs watching TV and I listen to their voices and I realize this is the last time that I will hear them with us under the same roof, presumably, presumably. And so I listen to every word, and I and I revel, and I hear them laughing about stuff, and it just, oh, it just means so much. It means so much, particularly this time of year. But I do want to uh, issue this plea to you. <clears throat> if a lot of you are suffering, I, I get it. And we just found out today the, the Biden administration in the second quarter lied about job growth numbers, lied about it. They said that we had a million jobs created, and they lied. They literally, they lied. They said had a million jobs created and 10,000 jobs were created. So there are a lot of people who are suffering. I get it. I've been there. It's, it's terrible. I was out of work for a year and a half before my wife told me she was leaving me. And uh, she said to me, I it was like, I didn't know what it is. She said, you need to get a job. I said, what? And she said, sell bleeping cars. So I sold cars. I told myself I was going to win her back because I'd failed her. 
And when you can't provide for, and I'm sorry if this was a, a cliche or whatever, but it is important to me as a man in my life to provide for my family. We had children, we wanted to have children, but I wanted to make sure that my children were taken care of. And I would do go to the ends of the earth to to feed my children, keep them sheltered, keep them safe. <clears throat> and when I when you can't do that, it's it's really, really very hard. It was for me anyway. It brought me to the depths of depression that I've never experienced before, where I literally at night would pray pray to God to help me or just let me die in my sleep. I'm not, I wish I were, you know, not serious, but I wouldn't have ever harmed myself. But I, I just feel, felt like I wasn't, uh, after so many nights of praying and begging and, and all of this and, and trying, I just was like, maybe, maybe the life insurance is worth more. I don't think I can make $2 million or $1 million. What the hell the policy that we've had forever is. I don't know. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could compete with that. And then that would, that would, that would provide all sorts of, uh, <sighs> All sorts of uh, security for my family. Don't go there. All right? If you are experiencing that, whether you be a man or a woman or whatever, don't go there. Be there for your family. Realize that you are so valuable to them. And you'll get through this. You will get through this. A lot of people are asking for help and begging for help. And a lot of people who help people for a living are suffering right now, including I just heard a story in, uh, in uh, Baltimore. Our anchor station is WCBM. The Salvation Army is now half a million dollars behind. And this is an organization that I have supported since I was a kid. My mother drilled into my head. The Salvation Army is the, is, you don't want to help this. Go with the Salvation Army. These guys, they swear an oath of poverty, essentially. They, uh, they, they, they work every day in the trenches of poverty, and they do, and they do. And everybody who I've ever met who's worked with the Salvation Army, <clears throat> he was some uh, Salvation Army general or, uh, or uh, you know, associate, and they, and they wore these, uh, I mean, to the point sometimes even almost threadbare clothing, not necessarily that badly, but, but uh, people who, who just are concerned with feeding and sheltering people and are always there and have always been there since day one, and they're not rich and they don't have a big payroll, and they stand in front of your store. Maybe it's a Walmart, maybe it's a whatever, and they ring the bell. And in the last few years, people are like, hey, turn that bell down. It's annoying. You know what? Screw you. If you can, don't walk by that bell. Don't don't walk by the bell. You know, and you don't have to go get the change out of the car. Now they've got these apps. You can literally get the code as you walk into the whatever and give them a something or other. Give them a little something. Because um, if, if you're suffering or, or you know, if, if the country is suffering and we know it is, then they're suffering and, uh, and they need your help. So if, if you and I am so blessed this year, guys, uh, we're able to pay our bills and, and uh, it's, it's, it's glorious and I thank God for it. I, I do. Um, if, you would, if you would give to the Salvation Army, that would be so, so big. Literally, we have four more days until Christmas. They're out ringing bells. They're freezing their butts off. This is going to be a really rough weekend. Uh, for a large portion of the country, including where I am, we have a winter storm warning, 60-mile-an-hour winds and blizzard conditions and all that stuff. And it's going to be happening all over the country, and people are still going to be out ringing those bells. So will you please, if you can, give something to the Salvation Army? Okay? Don't walk by a bell ringer. Help them out if you can. And I hope, 
I share my story because I know what it's like. I always look to God for meaning in my life. And, um, and uh, occasionally you, you become crystal clear. And the last uh, couple of years of my life, and particularly the last year, I believe my purpose is becoming more clear. And, uh, and my mind is, is crystal clear. And it is to be someone who can uh, entertain, inform, and motivate people to, to do good. And to uh, really uh, take those in power to task for their malfeasance. And then to ridicule the heck out of them. That's what I think. <laughs> So I, I, I want to inspire you guys, even when you're at a low point, I want to inspire you. And if you are at a, at a good point in your life, um, I'm just asking, you can help out your local food bank. Don't get me wrong. Clean out your cabinets if you got stuff that you don't think you're going to need or whatever, or you just have them extra, or you just want to make a special run to the store, and you want to grab a couple extra things, uh, donate to the local food bank. <clears throat> but definitely, I know the Salvation Army is, is suffering across the country, and they help so many people. Help them out. Okay? All right. This is kind of funny. A bakery is uh, uh, defending its uh, non-binary gingerbread people. It, 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 gingerbread men. Do people still eat gingerbread men? I don't know. Uh, gingerbread's okay. Ginger snaps are pretty good. They make better pie crust than anything. But a bakery has been forced to defend itself, allowing uh, following backlash for selling non-binary gingerbread people. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe that the gingerbread has a gender, right? I mean, gingerbread. They don't generally, you look down, there's not like a little uh, twig and berries or whatever. Nothing like that, right? But anyway, uh, social media erupted this week when they noticed the Lancashire bakery was selling gender-neutral ginger biscuits. That's what they call them in Great Britain. They're cookies. They call them biscuits over there because, you know, the Brits. I learned that from British Bacon Championship. That's a show that my wife makes me watch. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. So anyway, the uh, cottage bakery based in Blackpool, England, was uh, blasted online as some claimed it was promoting a woke agenda. One user said, absolute madness, won't even be able to call it a gingerbread soon. It'll be, uh, it'll offend gingers. <laughs> it'll offend gingers. That's fantastic. Another added, what is worth a gingerbread that doesn't have a gender, gender uh, or people getting angry about a gingerbread man that doesn't have a gender? Who cares? Well, yeah, I don't care either. Despite the uh, trolling, bemused boss Paul Cook was more uh, shocked that it had taken people so long to notice the biscuits. He said, I thought that'd be funny, and that's how I came about it, and it's taken three years for someone to make a big deal out of it. We began putting labels on them before COVID, but we had people coming in and saying it was wrong, and they were not men. So I, I had a chat with my printer about it. He said, why don't you call them non-binary. I love this guy. I think it's fantastic. So he just said, heck with it. I'll just call him non-binary. And I imagine he's selling the crud out of him. <laughs> I imagine he's, he's selling the crud out of him. All right. So coming up, I've got, uh, oh, oh, the latest. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the uh, the January 6th thing was a, was, a, was a flatulence in the breeze. And so what they're going to do now is they're going to release Donald Trump's tax returns. And you know what that's going to be? Yeah, a little bit more of the same. I'll have the details on the other side of this break. This is the Rob Carson Show. The SS Bitanic sets sail on January 20th, 2021. Now she's taking on water in a big way. It's the Rob Carson Show. So the relentless attacks on Donald Trump that have bore uh, in zero fruit at all 
I mean, honestly, it, it is. When you, when you look at uh, what has happened with uh, with Donald Trump, what has happened with the FBI and the DOJ and how it's been weaponized to go after Trump supporters, well, you have to realize that everything, every single thing, I don't want you to be vindicated, every single thing that you thought was true, that you suspected, that the government called disinformation will turn out to be true, right? I'm just going to say it, blanket, everything that you thought in the back of your head, oh, boy, there's something wrong about this. I think that I think that they're lying to us about that. I think that, no, I, I, just, I just think that I think that Black Lives Matter is a corrupt organization. They're really not doing anything for black people. I know I can't say that on, on Twitter and Facebook and everything because I get flagged for it. Uh, and, and I know what? I don't believe in the climate, uh, global climate change BS either because, you know, it, it's not really happening. And, and they keep forcing it down our throats because they're trying to sell electric vehicles. And the Biden administration uh, has decided to make all federal vehicles into electrics, including 95,000 post office vehicles, which will be junk within about three or four years. It will. And, and by the way, I'll just mention, your electric car is going to be junk unless you come up with a lot of money for a battery. Your electric car is junk because uh, we aren't ready to become electrified because most of our fuel most of the heating and cooling of our homes comes from coal-fired plants maybe a few nuclear plants and natural gas that's really about it so it's a gigantic waste of money uh not prepared to do it if you wanted to say for instance you've got a local convenience store and maybe that's uh, i don't know a quick trip that's a big deal in the kansas city or wawa out east they're gonna have to make each one of the campuses for the stores about four acres to handle the number of electric cars that the Biden administration envisions. Now, it's kind of funny, because I was just uh, uh, driving across a bridge here where I live, and on the other side is a Buick dealership, and they sell other GM products. And they bought four of these new electric Hummers, and they're all white, okay? And they're, they're pretty trucks, man. I went in there, and I sat in one, and, and I, I got in, I looked at it, I was like, dang, this is pretty cool, you know? And then I did a little bit of research on it, and I discovered that a Hummer H2, which is the big one, the big one, not the, not the Hummer H1, which is the one that Arnold Schwarzenegger got, you know, it's the one that has the two little seats in the front and the giant transmission in the middle, it's uncomfortable, uh, which are great for off-roading, by the way. But the H2 weighs, I believe it's 56 or 6,500 pounds and, and gets about 12 miles a gallon, if you're lucky, probably closer to eight or nine. Well, the new electric Hummer, <laughs> are you, you want to guess how much it weighs? You want to guess? 6,000 pounds? Oh, no, no, no. Seven? No, 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 no. Eight? No, 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 no. 9,000 pounds. <laughs> 9,000 pounds. And it costs starting at $130,000. And if you want to get that battery replaced, they haven't even talked about replacing the battery on those things. But you're probably looking at thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to replace the battery. And so they got four of these Hummers that they thought they were going to sell like that. And they've been sitting there for six months, all four of them. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants them. And they're calling it their used cars now. They're 2022s. They're not 2023s. So they're taking a bath on these things, and they can't even give them away. So, uh, you know, all these electric cars you're getting and everything. I mean, I, I like to say EVs are for posers. It's not again, nothing against you. I'm just saying. They, they're going to be worthless. They're going to be worthless. 
and uh, and the, you got this giant cold spell. And I hate to tell you this, but when it's really cold, batteries plummet in power. Uh, when you put something on the back of that truck, you know, a little payload, your battery will die. If you if you have hills where you live, the battery's going to die. I'm just going to tell you. A lot of people are going to be firing up gas-powered snowblowers this weekend, and they're glad they have them. Um, oh, yeah, and then if there's a hurricane, you get stuck because, you know, you can't start your car. Go with a hybrid. I would say go with a hybrid. That's what you got to do. House Democrats are voting to make Trump's tax returns public. This is the latest thing. Everything, you know, Donald Trump, he's this, he's that. He should, do, but he should have been in jail years ago because he's so corrupt. But every time they throw something at him, it never sticks because he knows the rules. He lives in New York. He lived in New York City till they chased him out, and he got audited every year in New York, every single year. And uh, and uh, you know we know that this is a uh, merely to keep Donald Trump from running for president again. So basically, House Democrats are going to make it. The Democrat-controlled House Ways and Means Committee voted on Tuesday evening to release Donald Trump's tax returns. Why? What's the point? Why don't we see Joe Biden's tax returns? Why don't we see Joe Biden's medical records? I want to see that. How about that? No, that'll never happen. It ends a years-long fight between liberal lawmakers, former a president who fought tooth and nail to shield his financial statements because they're none of your damn business. Here's a little uh, montage, uh, thanks to my friend Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly last night at Newsmax, about people who are getting all hot and bothered. And honestly, at this point, it's such a big yawn. Anything that, you know, J6, they just came out, they had four recommendations for the DOJ that they may or may not act upon. They really don't mean anything. They're unconstitutional. They're a joke on top of the Mar-a-Lago raid, on top of the two impeachments that were false. Nothing has ever stuck. People have lost their jobs because nothing ever stuck because they knew, the audience knew, that they were just tools for propaganda. Where is uh, Rachel Maddow nowadays? Where is, uh, you know, uh, Brian Stelter? Where is CNN Plus? Honestly, at some point, you're just like, uh, we don't trust you anymore. But here, here's, the, here's the mainstream media getting all hot and bothered about this latest attempt to take Donald, down, Donald Trump down, which will result in absolutely nothing. Yesterday was a criminal referral for insurrection. Today, it could be his taxes. Right now, another House committee is meeting behind closed doors, digging into the tax returns that Donald Trump spent years. Do you, do you know anybody who has ever been persecuted like this in American history? Do you know anybody at all who's been persecuted like this? Desperately trying to keep out of public views. The decision facing the Ways and Means Committee today has been years in the making, and it couldn't come at a worse time for Trump. No, not really, because he's weathered everything else. And here is Rachel Maddow in 2017. Remember, they, they were convinced they had Donald Trump's tax return that year. And they were going to unveil it to the public and it was going to show all sorts of malfeasance. Here she is. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year, for yes. 2005. Yes. I believe this is the only set of the president's federal taxes that yes. reporters have ever gotten a hold of. Well, he's toast. Uh, what we have are these two pages. Five years ago. And back. Yes. Um, and in terms of what's on here, yes. let me give you the basics. Oh, yeah. Um, aside from the numbers being oh, yeah. uh, these pages are straightforward. He paid uh, $38 million, looks like $38 million in taxes. Uh, he took a big write-down of... I would use the expression, uh, you know, nothing burger, but really, uh, it was a uh, flatulence of the breeze is what I'll call it. Yeah, and they're trying it again. It's not going to work. Carrie Lake speaks uh, about the lawsuit against Katie Hobbs and reversing the Arizona election. That's on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah. 
Right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. Trying to decide what Christmas movie I want to watch uh, tonight. Um, I think I might watch that new Ryan Reynolds, uh, Will Ferrell one again, third time. I am told we had KT McFarland on the other day, and uh, and she said she was going to watch it. I want to get her a review. I thought it was really funny. Uh, we've already seen Die Hard. We saw Scrooge. I saw the. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, I got to see the George C. Scott Christmas Carol again. I haven't seen the Alistair Sims Christmas Carol. Uh, I'm going to skip Home Alone this year because I just I've I just seen it too many times. I just uh, Home Alone. I don't know or Home Alone too. Who cares? No, don't care. Um, there's a couple movies that, you know, like I saw the Santa Claus the other night, real close to being, you know, kind of full of that movie, you know, <clears throat> uh, the only way that I would watch, uh, what's that one, that stupid, uh, English movie my wife likes, uh, <sighs> I get drawn a blank on it. It was, it brought up yesterday. Case Smythe brought it up. There's a, uh, drawn a blank, Hugh, Hugh Grant and love actually. Oh, dear God in heaven. Uh, it, you know, it, I'm just going to talk to the cisgendered males in the audience. Pardon me. I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, if the, if the woman in your life in, makes you watch love, actually, it's worth three apologies. I'm going to tell you three apologies. You should be able to do anything you could, except for cheating. Like you could not, uh, I don't know, not do the laundry or, you know, something like that, but you get three apologies for watching love. Actually you do. And you might want to consider a testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, real quick, I want, to, I want to mention something. Franco Harris passed away. Uh, for many, uh, you don't know. Uh, maybe millennials don't know Franco Harris. Franco Harris, a great uh, <clears throat> player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was told by my producer, Brian, that this is two days shy of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. And, by the way, the Immaculate Reception happened when the uh, Steelers played the Raiders. And uh, the Steelers and Raiders pay, play this weekend. So that's kind of interesting. God bless him. Franco Harris was 70 years old. And, uh, and, and I remember when I was a kid, I was a little kid, and I wasn't really into... Uh, Football at that point, but we did kind of like we liked we Midwest. I lived in uh, Southwest Iowa, and you had a choice: you could go Steelers, Steelers, or you could go Dallas. And uh, Dallas were the good guys in the white hats, and the Steelers were the we were the deplorables. Steelers fans were the deplorables, and there were the things they still have them. But this was the first year that they did these terrible towels at the stadium, and it, it was very intimidating. They take this yellow uh, rag <laughs> and, and wave it in the air, and we had our cousins in Pittsburgh send us some terrible towels. It was like it was a big deal. It was a it was a really big deal. It was the first time that I really uh, remember the NFL and uh, uh, Terry Bradshaw. I, millennials, check this out. That guy on Fox NFL, he used to play. I know, I know. Crazy, right? And Roger Staubach and all of that. Let's go to uh, Lisa in Toledo, Ohio. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Ditto, Rob, and thank you. Uh, I struggle with some severe depression, and it's dark in the Midwest, and the elections really got to me. Yeah. And I listen to you pretty faithfully. And I got to say thanks for all your Christmas cheer, for talking about putting up your decorations over Thanksgiving and cooking and all the movies. I started watching the well, every version of A Christmas Carol there is, put up my decorations. It worked. Um, and I wanted to thank you, and I want to thank you for encouragement, too. And I have one idea about dealing with the left that I wanted to throw out there, if you have an extra minute. Yeah, heck yeah, go. I think it's time for us to make some real sacrifices and inconvenience and seriously boycott all things left. 
because like the money Procter and Gamble is using to fund them and Apple and everything. I'm not saying throw away my iPhone because I freaking love it. So this upsets me. <laughs> first, that's my first iPhone too, and I don't think I'm ever yeah. going to be able to buy another one. Yeah. Well, Lisa, because what I would what I would tell you can I tell you something? You're already doing it. Did you know that you're already doing it? You know, they, they launched CNN Plus. They thought CNN Plus, they spent $300 million on CNN Plus, and it did a face plant. It lost money hand over fist. And also, check this out. Greg Gutfeld, he has a late-night yeah. TV show, and, and he has no guests, really. He has some guests, panelists, but he doesn't have bands on, and he doesn't have Hollywood's biggest actors. And he's beating the snot out of late-night TV. And, and Comedy Central has fired a bunch of people, including uh, uh, Trevor Noah, Samantha B. And Disney World's losing their butts, and Facebook is losing their butts, and Twitter has been purchased by by Elon Musk, and it's exposing all this. So we're already having an impact, Lisa. We're already having a major. And did you realize also? Did you know that Apple's cutting jobs? No, they're they're cutting jobs. Apple is cutting jobs right now. All of that makes me so happy. Elon yeah. Musk is Santa. You are right. I'm telling you, Lisa, we're already having an impact on their bottom line. And and we just need to keep doing that. We are, you know, and and, and I remember Rush Limbaugh, and, and I know Rush because, you know, I knew him, and I listened to him every day for 30 years of my life, from my 20s to now. And every day he said, he'd say, I'm a joyful warrior. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not sure that's the origin of the phrase but but that's what we kind of have to do i mean we're deadly serious i did a book interview the other day i'm going to be in a book yeah. about talk radio and awesome. uh, yeah and and uh, and i talked about how i use humor to make a point and and the the author of the book was kind of like ready to discount and and essentially say that I wasn't serious. Now he wasn't trying to slam me, but they did the same thing to Rush Limbaugh. They they said to Rush Limbaugh, he said, "Well, you can't be serious." And he goes, "Oh yes, I'm deadly serious, but I do make fun and I use absurdity to point out the absurd." And so that's what we have to do in our lives. We have to be joyful warriors. We have to <clears throat> instead of instead of listen, I'm done debating people about. 60 gen genders. I'm done. I mean, if that's your position, then I'm really, I don't have time for your nonsense. I'm not going to engage you in any way, shape, or form. Same thing goes for the southern border. Uh, shut the border. I'm not going to engage your idiocy on this, this. I'm just not going to anymore. So make fun of them. Uh, discount them. They've been doing it to us forever, but now we have truth and history on our side. Well, we've always had truth on our side, but we are oh we are changing history, Lisa. We are. Let me ask you this, because yes. you say you know you're experiencing uh, depression, and and it's real. I mean, it's it's really really real. There's yeah, it runs in my family. Yeah, I know, I know, um, and, and I'll tell you. Um, I struggled with uh, with it for a long time, and I remember years ago, this doctor said, "Oh, we put you on a medicine." I said, "No freaking way! There's no way." And uh, and then ultimately, I relented, and I do a little, you know. But but it's amazing what happens when you when you are living your the life you want to live. You don't need that. I'm not saying you should quit meds or anything, but uh, you know, Lisa, if you're not able to live the life that you want to live right now, soldier through it. Do what you have to do. Pay your bills. Soldier through it. Keep your eyes on the prize. That's the most important thing you can do right now, Lisa. I got tears in my eyes. I thank God for you. I do. I thank God for you. I thank God for Carrie Lake. I thank God for Pastor Trump. 
Uh, what is it, Pastor Trump? Oh my gosh, my pastor. I talked to my pastor. Thank my God for my pastor. <laughs> yeah, be President careful. Trump. Somebody's going to pick that up. You worship oh, Donald Trump. I'm a Twitter fan too, and I thank God for DeSantis. Um, I, all of this, I'm so very grateful as well, and I'm so you very know what, Lisa, for Lisa, all you're doing. Lisa, good is going to win. Otherwise, uh, Hitler would be, uh, or, or uh, Hitler's nephew would be the Chancellor of Germany right now, and the Soviet Union would still be around. Evil is still still here. We are always in a struggle against it. And, but the cool thing is that this year it's been exposed. We it's been exposed uh, thanks to Elon Musk. It's being exposed with regard to this new lawsuit uh, that is going to expose everything, everything going on in Washington, D.C. In the meantime, we have to do our level best to defeat this omnibus spending bill, and uh, and then we need to uh, honestly just just fight, stay positive, keep your eyes on the prize, Lisa, okay? Oh, oh, I did. I called my congressman yes, after hearing you yesterday. Good. I'm and glad you did. What it, on Facebook for everybody to call him. All right, we got to do it. Lisa, God bless you. Chin up. You're going to be all right. Hang in there. Have a nice... Thank you. Merry Christmas, you and your family. Oh, you too. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Oh, uh, Carrie Lake. Here's Carrie Lake at TPUSA. She said that Christmas came early. Guys, guess what? Christmas came early yesterday. What? What's that, <laughs> Carrie? What happened? <laughs> we are going to trial. Woo! Yes! First time. This is so historic, and you know what? I couldn't have done it without you. About a little over a day ago, I stood here on this stage, and I said, please pray, not just for me, pray for our attorneys, pray for our witnesses, pray for the judge, my goodness. You did it, and yesterday we got great news. We're taking these bastards to trial. Oh, my goodness. You see what I mean by women who have cojones? She is one of them. And I, I listen, I, on, on social media, people say, get off the Jerry Lake. Carrie Lake, she lost. a oh, bullcrap. No way. No way. This is the first trial that has been allowed to proceed. None of them were allowed with the 2020 election because the FBI was shutting down any discussion about it. And uh, a lot of judges said, well, there's no standing. So they never listened to it. But Katie Hobbs has filed an emergency motion to quash her subpoena for an appearance at the Carrie Lake trial. She does not want to speak. Katie Hobbs has filed an emergency appeal in Carrie Lake's historic lawsuit asking the court to reconsider a previously filed motion to quash the subpoena for an appearance at the hearing. Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer, who, by the way, literally created a pack and raised money to defeat Carrie Lake and MAGA Republicans, filed motions to quash the subpoenas this week, alleging that they will be subjected to undue burden or expense. <clears throat> really? Really? How about the undue burden of having to stand in line for hours and then and then ultimately being told you had to go vote somewhere else and you went somewhere else, you couldn't vote there and you came back and they said you couldn't vote there again. You couldn't vote there at all because you left to go to another facility or you stood in, in line for hours and ultimately you just threw your hands up or you got there and they said that the accounting mechanism is broken and just put your uh, vote into this little box over here. Really, 60% of the voting machines in Maricopa County didn't work. This needs to go to trial and people need to be punished for this. 
Hobbs argued that uh, she was not served with a subpoena to testify in her personal capacity. Why shouldn't this surprise you? She didn't do campaign appearances. Why would she do uh, trial appearances? She was subpoenaed to testify at trial in her official capacity as Arizona Secretary of State. Indeed, she was not personally served with a subpoena, but no one contacted her lawyers in her capacity as governor-elect to accept service. Sure. Judge Peter Thompson denied those motions last night. They are both terrified, this according to the Gateway Pundit, to testify under oath about the crimes against Carrie Lake and Arizona voters. Yeah. Stephen Richard operated the pro-democracy Republicans pack, a dark money pack aimed at eliminating candidates with MAGA agenda. And, of course, that meant giant target over Carrie Lake. Katie Hobbs refused to recuse herself from election oversight as Secretary of State. She later threatened to sue and prosecute county officials who did not certify the election. That is totalitarian. That needs to be exposed. And hopefully this trial will bear some fruit. All right, let's take a break and come back, guys. This is The Rob Carson Show. If you live in this country and aren't down with freedom of speech, maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's The Rob Carson Show. By the way, uh, Garrett Archer just tweeted that the lawyers in the Katie Hobbs uh, uh, trial here have chosen to withdraw their subpoena of Hobbs. She will not testify. However, uh, Stephen Richer uh, will still be required to testify on the intentional misconduct that led to failures of ballot on-demand printers and tabulators on Election Day and hundreds of thousands of ballots lacking chain-of-custody documentation. Other than that, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Um, so I had mentioned uh, to Lisa in Toledo that we are winning. We are winning it, and we are putting the financial screws to a lot of companies, woke companies that have been uh, trying a lot of uh, BS with us. And and we just need to be, I'm not a big boycotty guy. I just, I just uh, uh, and I don't push boycotts on the air because there are too many things, too many places to boycott. Eventually it'll get there. For instance, nobody's watching, <clears throat> very few people are watching ABC, NBC, CBS anymore because um, they lie and they've been lying to you about everything. Also, did you know that NPR is actually cutting staff? They're cutting the budget. NPR, they, because they, they can't get the uh, underwriting that they need. Um, and so, you know, all of these things are coming, uh, they're, they're starting to bear some fruit. It's another little Christmas song from my friend Jim Gossett, I think you'll enjoy. Then Don Lemon on the other side. CNBC, MSNBC, your goal is to divide us. Nobody's watching. CNN and NBC, why must you deride us? Joy Reid is racist as the Klan. Oh, dear Lord, yeah. Jake Tapper is a petty man. Oh, CNN and NBC, Joe Stalin would be jealous. Oh, yeah. Majorly. (laughs) Brian Stelter was a joke. Don Lemon thinks that he is woke. Oh, NBC, MSNBC. Your ratings disappoint us. Nobody watches Morning Joe nah. or Anderson and his lame show. Is he still- oh, NBC, MSNBC. Yeah. We're fed up with your bias. Uh-huh. 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 It, it's funny because I was. Uh, I was watching um, uh, NFL football 
this weekend. I was watching the Chiefs game. I think it was on CBS. And it was, it was funny to see the promos for CBS programming. And I was like, who watches the networks in real time anymore? Do you? I don't remember the last time I tuned in to ABC, CBS, NBC for a show in real time, including Saturday Night Live. Nobody watches Saturday Night Live anymore. They watch clips the following week. That's what they do. And, and they are losing, guys, they're, they're losing money, all right? CNN is losing money and influence. And they're cutting, like, did you, the Washington Post is laying off a lots of their staff because they're, they're down 500,000 readers. So it's working. Turn, turn you got it. The, the major players like ABC, NBC, CBS, CBS, don't pay attention to them. Just don't, they don't even turn them on. So it's kind of funny. Uh, Don Lemon who has moved to uh, mornings where he does delightful uh, winter soup recipes now, became defensive on Monday. There's a documentary filmmaker uh, called out CNN for being fake news. Yeah, this uh, this guy, uh, filmmaker Andrew Callahan, appeared on CNN this morning to discuss his forthcoming documentary entitled uh, uh, This Place Rules. Uh, when uh, uh, Lemon pressed Callahan on his uh, interactions with Enrique Terrio, a leader of the Proud Boys, who's facing seditious conspiracy charges, uh, he, and he's supposedly a racist even though he's black, uh, related to January 6th, Callahan bluntly informed Lemon that his film is not just about January 6th. It also covers the role that the media, including CNN, played in constructing um, an echo chamber. So here is uh, Don Lemon being all sorts of uh, offended when this guy said that CNN is fake news, which, by the way, um, it is. His involvement, his state of mind, or anything? Um, I mean, I, I don't think the, you know, <clears throat> the movie's not just about, like, the, the Capitol riot and all that. It's also about, like, media echo chambers. You know what I mean? And, like, the dangers of the 24-hour uh, news cycle and how I think mainstream media, like Fox and even CNN, like, competes for views by running constant 24-hour news cycles based upon fear division, outrage, and panic. Even to even Fox, you like every hour, it's like that boom, breaking news, and it's really never anything. Probably to like sell ads. So it's not just about the Capitol, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. First of all, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'm not exactly sure of how that played into people going into the Capitol uh, and rioting on January 6th. Um, there's nothing fake about CNN. Oh, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying like fake news. I'm just saying ramping people up. An increasing division during that period of time. Yeah, just yeah, watching people yeah. kind of fall down the rabbit hole. Yeah, and then I'll also mention that they also really, really played up January the 6th. I remember the day after, they were saying it's the worst thing since 9-11. And I don't believe anybody jumped from the Capitol building to their deaths. And I don't believe that 350 firefighters rushed into the Capitol building to be burned and crushed to death. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Turn them off. Let's come back, wrap things up. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. God bless you. Have a glorious day. Check out the podcast. Go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. Hang in there if you're having a rough time. Celebrate every day, every moment. I will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, do not catch the stupid. See you then.